0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Metal Breakdown, where we take a metal artist from past to present and give you their past to present. This week's episode is all about Killswitch and Engage. Their eighth studio album, Atonement, was just released on Friday, August 16th. So let's find out where this metalcore powerhouse comes from today on the Big Metal Breakdown. The bands Aftershock and Overcast, you may not have heard of them, but in the underground hardcore scene in Massachusetts in the late 90s, they were pretty popular. Aftershock was a metalcore band based out of Boston, Massachusetts. The band was formed in 1992 by the Dirkowitz, uh brothers, Tobias and Adam Durkowitz, of Polish, Austrian, Scottish, and English descent uh, that grew up in West Hampton, Massachusetts at the time. Adam attended Hampshire Regional High School. Adam also attended Berklee College for Music in Boston, studying production, audio engineering, and bass guitar. While in college, he began playing in the band Aftershock with his friend Joel and was and his brother Tobias in 1992 through 1999. In 2001, after a two-year hiatus, the band reformed for a reunion tour in Japan after the band's last effort, the release of Live in Japan EP, in 2004. The group officially broke up after that, and the band also consisted of past and present members of Kill Swish Engage and, and Shadows Fall. The group is best known for its 2001 hit single, Five Steps From Forever EP, for those who for those for those of you who kill, excuse me. Overcast was an American metalcore band that started in the early nineteen nineties, but broke up in nineteen ninety-eight after an unsuccessful tour. In 2006, they reunited to play the 2006 installment of the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival and announced that they would release a new album entitled Reborn to Kill Again with 11 re-recorded classic tracks and two unreleased tracks. Overcast is often regarded as the godfather of metalcore. Killswitch Engage was formed following the disbandment of Aftershock and Overcast in 1999. After Overcast broke up in 98, bassist Mike D'Antonio, collaborated with Aftershock guitarist Adam D. Some remaining members of Overcast and Aftershock uh, were forming a new band in Massachusetts in the area and were seeking a vocalist. Nothing Stays Gold, fronted by Jesse Leach, was signed to the record label owned by Adam D.'s brother Tobias. Leach's first band, Corinne, was formed in the early 1990s. Corinne recorded four songs in 1996, which were eventually released as a CD by Propaganda Machine in 1998 after the band's breakup. In 1999, Jesse Leach, along with the bassist Mike D'Antonio, guitarist Joe Struzel, and Adam Dutkiewicz formed Killswitch Engage. The band's name is derived from an episode of the television series The X-Files entitled Killswitch, written by William Gibson, who gave the episode of this title after meeting the industrial band Killswitch Kick. In 1999, Killswitch recorded a demo containing four tracks, including Soilborne, the first song written by the band. Soilborn was the first the band had ever wrote, which took shape during the band's first jam session together, also mentioned in From the Bedroom to the Basement. The band wrote the entire entire album's music without a singer until Leach joined the band shortly after its formation. Many of the songs were then recorded for a demo, which included Soilborn, before the recording of the band's debut full-length album. The demo was first released at the band's first show, opening for In Flames' "Shadows Fall," a Dark Tranquillity, uh, in November of 1999. While writing the album, bassist D'Antonio asked Ferret Music if they could sign his band as a favor, since Mike D, through his graphic design company Darkacon Designs, illustrated the covers for some of the albums released through the label. Darkacon Design produces artwork for bands such as Shadows Fall, Unearth, All That Remains, and Crowbar and the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival. These released, uh, they were released, uh, their self-titled debut album the following year, released July 4th, 2000, through Ferret Music. The album is also released over, this, the album is the only release ever by Killswitch Engage to be released from Ferret. The tracks uh, Temple From Within and "Vid Infra" were uh, re-released for Alive and Just Breathing in 2002, while Irreversal, was re-recorded for the end of Heartache in 2004, in, and In the Unblind was re-recorded for the album for uh, Alive and Just Breathing in 2005 re-release, Bonus Disc. The band's debut is considered to be one of the first ever successful albums in the metalcore genre, genre uh, garnering a re-release five years after its original pressing. No songs of the album were re-released rele- re- as singles. Although initially the album was was not a financial success and did not land on any charts, it attracted the interest of Carl Severson, who worked at Roadrunner Records at the time. Severson handed Killswitch to several Roadrunner's representatives. Mike Gitter, a talent agent of the company, contacted Mike D, attended several of the band's shows, and offered the band a recording contract with Roadrunner. Realizing that Roadrunner had the resources to promote and distribute Killswitch Engage releases, the band accepted this offer, declining several other offers from smaller labels. Gitter played the album for other Roadrunner employees and stated the feeling was this was something that touched upon classic metal, pulls it up through hardcore, and creates something fairly new and completely exciting. When their music started circulating around the office, there was an immediate, holy, this is great feeling about it. People weren't halfway about it at all. Uh, Gitter, uh, Gitter offered to sign the band to the label and felt that signing Killswitch was the label's last chance to have any metal bands on the roster. The band was apprehensive at first due to the artists already on Roadrunner's roster and concerned about the label's motives with signing such a new band. But after nearly six months of deliberation, Killswitch signed to Roadrunner due to the opportunities it provided to them. After signing, the band began work on their major label debut, which would become Alive or Just Breathing. Gitter has claimed that signing Killswitch was the most gratifying signing of his career. For a brief time in 2000 and 2001, ex-Overcast guitarist Pete Courtesy, uh, or it could be Cortese, Not sure. Joined Killswitch Engage, but left when he became a father. Killswitch began writing new material for their second album in November of 2001. On November 3rd, 2001, Killswitch Engage entered Zing Studios in Westfield, Massachusetts, to begin recording Alive or Just Breathing. Upon entering the studio, the album already had its title, derived from the lyrics from the song Just Barely Breathing. The band members had all jo- all had jobs. And some were going to school during the recording of the album, so each member came in for short periods as they had time available. Adam would drive Jesse during this time to d- would drive to Jesse during this time recording the vocals due to Jesse's hectic work schedule and lack of funds to get to Western Massachusetts. Struchel said this was helpful; it reduced stress, but re- uh, regretted that they were not able to get more done in one session. A problem that Mike and Adam and Struchel encountered was keeping their guitars in tune during the sessions. They spent a large amount of recording budget buying new guitars to improve tuning. Since the recording of Alive alive and Just Breathing, they have learned how to keep uh, in tune better as they record. Jesse had troubles gaining confidence while recording his vocals. Leach spoke upon the experience saying, I definitely handed it to Adam. Uh, He's the man. We're taking our time uh, dissecting things. It's made me push myself to my limits, getting a lot more passion and deliver out what I'm doing. After struggling with nervousness for a while, Adam and Leach uh, went to Leach's home in Rhode Island to finish recording the vocals. Mike Gitter was reluctant to hear of this when Killswitch turned the record into Roadrunner, but was ultimately pleased with the results. Before the completion of the record, the band brought in Tom Gomes to play drums as Quits moved to, empty get, to an empty guitar position. Though Adam recorded most of the drums himself, Gomez... Uh, It it might be Gomez. Now that I'm thinking about it, not Gomes. That makes so much more sense. Gomez provided additional percussion on the album before he was an official member of the band. Backing vocals on Alive or Just Breathing were done by Leech Adam, as well as Adam's sister, Becca, and All That Remains singer, Philip Labonte. During the Alive of Just Breathing recording sessions, Killswitch recorded 15 songs. Three of the songs were re-recorded, re-recordings of of the songs from the band's debut album, Joel stated that the band decided to re-record Temple From Within and Vid Infra and in the Unblind because at the time, Killswitch was unsure of how many people would ever hear Killswitch engage because it was released through a small label. Because during the time that they were releasing of that album, they were still with Ferret Music. Temple From Within and Vid Infra were made into Alive or Just Breathing and uh, In the Unblind and two nearly written songs titled when the balance is broken and untitled and unloved, respectfully, did not make it to uh, make it onto the album, but would eventually be heard on the 2005 reissue of Alive and Just Breathing. Alive and Just Breathing was mixed in February 2002 at Backstage Productions in Ripley, Derbyshire, UK, by Andy Sneap. Uh, Adam D. brought the album to the UK and oversaw their mixing process. The band chose Sneap after... Hearing good things about his work, the band and label were both very pleased with the mix, and Adam D. in particular noted his satisfaction with the drum tones. Critical reception of Alive or Just Breathing, Alive or Just Breathing was generally positive. Eric Thomas from Metal View, MetalReview.com said, "Wallace's album certainly is responsible for the vast amount of saturation. It stands as a pretty trans setting trend-setting, stellar, most uh, must-own." example of metalcore. Jason D. Taylor of AllMusic stated, this is a pure metal album that seemingly has ignored any fashionable trend and instead relies solely on skill and expertise to sculpt some of the meatiest heavy metal since the glory days of Metallica and Slayer. Taylor, Taylor has also expressed the impressiveness of the band's do-it-yourself work ethic as Adam handled all production and Mike D. took the time to give much thought on the album's packaging and art direction. Dom Lawson of Kerrang! Magazine gave the album 5Ks, or 5 out of 5 stars. He praised the album's unique, new sound, music, and vocal performances from Leach. Kevin Boyce of CMJ said, This album is more addictive than crack cocaine, and that's been smothered in caffeine and nicotine and drenched with chocolate. Starting with the track Numbered Days, this 12-track platter never takes a foot off the throttle. Boyce also stated that fa- uh, his favorite songs of the album was My Last Serenade and applauded Just Barely Breathing comparing parts of the Metallica's Ride the Lightning mixed in January at Backstage Studios by producer Andy Sneap. The album was titled Alive or Just Breathing after lyrics from the song Just Barely Breathing as I said before. A music single for a music video for the single My Last Serenade increased the band's exposure and the album peaked at number 37 on the Top Heatseekers chart. Following Alive or Just Breathing's release, the album The album having been written and recorded for two guitarists, the band decided to expand and become a fivesome. Adam D. moved to guitar, and former Aftershock drummer Tom Gomez filled in with the vacant drummer position. Two weeks prior to going on tour, however, Leach married his fiance. When he was not contacting his wife, he would sit alone in a tour van for hours after shows and simply wait for the remaining band members to return. Leach's passion for his music combined with his emotional struggles of the time made him unable to exercise control over his screaming. He would blow out his voice out after uh, a few shows and struggle with the rest of the tour. Leach also began suffering from mild depression, which grew worse as the tour continued. According to Mike D, in an interview with Killswitch's Set Set the World Ablaze DVD, it seemed like there was always this dark cloud over Jesse's head. His depression led him to uh, resign from the band and drop out of the public eye for some time. Leach wrote an email to the band explaining why he left, quoting Leach from his interview in the DVD. I didn't have the mental energy to face them or even call them on the phone, rather. I was at the point in my life where I just didn't want to face any of them, so I wrote them a long email explaining, like, I'm just done. Explaining that every song meant what every song meant to me, explaining what the whole experience was to me, and I said, bye, you know, you're not going to be able to find me. I'm going to be. Uh, on my honeymoon finally and uh, don't try and call me, don't try and contact me, I'm done, done with music, period the band immediately started searching for a replacement vocalist and found Howard Jones of Blood Has Been Shed Jones disliked the band's sound at first uh, when he heard it, he commented, I was like meh, I come from a hardcore and dirtier metal and Killswitch sounded so clean, but the more I listened to it, I realized that there was something really good, some really good songs here after hearing from Leech's vocal about Leach's vocal problems, Jones contacted the band and was accepted as the replacement. Philip Bont, of all it remains, tried out for lead vocals but lost to Jones, who had quickly memorized seven songs for his debut at the 2002 Hellfest. Howard is an avid fisherman and owns property at the Red River of of the North in uh, Manitoba, Canada. Howard is frequent is a frequent guest on Jamie Josta's podcast. He left Killswitch in early 2000 to follow himself. To allow himself to manage his type 2 diabetes, which was worsened by a hectic, touring lifestyle. In 2013, Jones stated that his diabetes was put him in a coma for three days. He follows a straight-edge lifestyle. He does, however, share a passion for medical cannabis and with friends and fellow Killswitch frontman Jesse Leach. He revealed that he has come close to committing suicide in 2009 when he had aimed a 44 Magnum revolver at his head in his apartment in Connecticut and that the police had to intervene after being notified by a concerned neighbor. In 2018, he teamed up with his former band to raise awareness for mental health. This new lineup with Howard Jones at the helm played on the uh, Road Rage Tour in the United Kingdom and the Netherlands in 2002 with 36 Crazy Fists and 5.0. During uh, touring continued through the New Year's Day and in 2003, the first song to feature Jones, When Darkness Falls, appeared on the soundtrack of the 2003 horror film Freddy vs. Jason. Following the 2003 Ozfest, drummer Gomez left the band because he wished to spend more time with his wife to pursue his band Something of Silhouette and because he was tired of touring. He was replaced by Justin Foley of the of Blood Has Been Shed, and Foley's first tour with the band was the MTV uh, Two Headbangers Ball in 2003. The end of heartache was released on May 1st, 2004, and peaked at number 21 on the Billboard charts, uh, with 38,000 sales in its first week. It also peaked at number nine uh, on number 39 on the Australian Albums Chart. The album went to sell uh, more than 500,000 copies in the U.S. and was certified gold on December 7th, 2007. The album received mostly positive reviews with John uh, Karamanica, wow, okay, Karamanica, I am sorry John for butchering your last name, of Rolling Stones called the album a stunning collection retaining much of their signature musical brutality. Uh, Eduardo uh, Rivadavia of AllMusic commented, riffs upon riffs are piled sky high into each number that follows. It is an unpredictable rhythmic shift used to build and then uh, relieve internal pressure that fuel the kill switch power source. The new lineup played at the 2003 OzFest and the MTV2 Headbangers Ball Tour, uh, like I said before. The first recording was the song When Darkness Falls appearing on the soundtrack for Freddy vs. Jason. (sighs) Fuck me. The title track was nominated for Best Metal Performance for the 47th Annual Grammy Awards. Two music videos for The Rose of Sharon and End of Heartache were filmed in the promotion of the album. Rose of Sharon had the group performing in a sunny desert with blood dripping from dead branches to form words. The End of Heartache featured a darkly lit performance with various computer animated imagery and with scenery from Resident Evil Apocalypse dotted through. Both videos saw notable airplay on on Headbangers Ball. In 2005, a special edition of the album was released, which contained six additional tracks. The album was certified gold by the RIAA in December 7th of 2007. The End of Heartache became the main single for the movie Resident Evil Apocalypse, and in 2005 was nominated for the Best Metal Performance at the 47th Grammy Awards. In late 2004, The End of Heartache was re-released as a special edition album with a second disc featuring various live performances, a Japanese bonus track, and a re-recorded version of Irreversal. During the summer of 2005, the band returned for OzFest, and on November 1st, 2005, Alive or Just Breathing was re-released as part of the Roadrunners' uh, record's 25th anniversary. In November, on November 22nd, 2005, the live DVD, Set This World Ablaze, was released, which contained a live concert at the Palladium in Worcester, uh, <laughs> Ma- uh, Massachusetts, an hour-long documentary and all of the band's music videos. The DVD was then certified gold in the U.S. on April 8, 2006. Uh, in 2005, Ferret Music released a remastered version of the self titled debut album with four demo tracks from 1999 demo, which was originally sold at a show within which Killswitch, Shadows Fall, and Flames uh, played together at the Palladium in Worcester, Massachusetts. These sold incredibly well, as said with the documentary featuring From the Bedroom to the Basement from the live DVD set this world ablaze. Uh, Subsequent releases in 2005 and 2007 were handled by Roadrunner Records. Reviewing of the 2005 re-release of the album, Scott Alisoglu of Blabbermouth.net said, The Alive or Just Breathing is one special album and it is released uh, and it releases and that its release marked a defining moment in metal. Uh, He also said uh, that he viewed the album on one of the greatest albums of 2002 and of the new century. A Just Breathing is one of the only 21 albums to have have a perfect rating on blabbermouth.net. In 2009, Metal Sucks compiled a list of the 21 best metal albums of the 21st century so far, based on the opinions of various musicians, managers, publicists, label representatives, and writers, when where uh, Alive or Just Breathing was placed at number four on this list. Noise Creep posted a list uh, uh, of the top ten best metal albums of the best decade in 2010, where the album was listed at number six. In review on 411mania.com, uh, Evacator, that's some dude's name, Evacator main stated he disliked... Uh, His dislike for the melodic smooth parts that felt were too (laughs) repetitive. Oh, man. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. Evacator Mains, wow, stated his dislike for the melodic smooth parts and he felt more, uh, felt were too uh, repetitive through the elaborate just breathing. However, he praised the album's production and positive lyrics. Jesse Leach stated uh, there was a small portion of the Switch Gage fans who disliked his use of clean singing on the album. Leach reconciled with his former bandmates in 2005 at the Roadrunner United 25th Anniversary Concert, performing a duet with uh, then-singer Howard Jones. The entire band played on stage, minus Adam D., who had been out with an injury and was replaced by uh, Andreas Kisser of Sepultura. With both Howard and Jesse singing My Last Serenade, the song ended with, two embrace, with the two embracing and Leach thanking the crowd for their support through his difficult times. Killswitch Engage played the Reading and Leeds Festivals in August of 2006, having already played Australia Dates throughout. Adam D, without Adam D, who was suffering from back problems and needing corrective surgery. On May 23, 2006, the song This Fire Burns was released on the WWE Reckless Intent album. It's a very, very interesting album. It's got some added aspects of, like, the walkout music for a lot of the uh, WWE superstars as well as some added songs in there that never became anything, oddly enough. Uh, recorded in three months, As Daylight Dies was released on November 21, 2006 and peaked at number 32 on the Billboard 200 chart with 60,000 sales in its first week. As daylight dies, provided one of the biggest was one of their biggest albums yet. It also entered the Australian album charts at number 29. Mixed by Adam, the album received mostly positive reviews. Tom Jurek of AllMusic called it a top five metal candidate for 2006 for sure. Despo Magazine contributor Nick Terry said, "To call As I, As Daylight Dies addictive would be an understatement. Uh, that it outdoes its already impressive enough predecessor could almost go without saying." Cosmo Lee of Stylus Magazine commented, The album is astonishingly badly sequenced, though he praised the album for being less emotionally heavy-handed and a lot more fun. As of November 27, 2007, As Daylight Dies has sold more, more than 500,000 units in the U.S., certifying it gold. The album's first single, My Curse, peaked at number 21 on the hot mainstream rock tracks chart and is featured in the video game Sleeping Dogs, Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock and Burnout Dominator and Burnout Paradise and is available as a downloadable content for the Rock Band series. The Arms of Sorrow peaked at number 31 on the same chart as well. The band's cover of Dio's Holy Diver originally recorded for Kerrang's compilation album titled High Voltage peaked at number 12 on the mainstream rock charts. And in my opinion, uh, their rendition of Holy Diver is so incredibly accurate in the way that Uh, Dio inflects his voice as well as Howard matching his inflection uh, just the way that he melodically sings. Howard just added his extra little tone in there that made the song sound a lot more interesting as well as them adding also the classic kill switch sound to it. In 2007, the band had to cancel three of its European tour dates with The Haunted due to Adam D's back problems. He required emergency back surgery and was replaced on the tour by Soilworks guitarist Peter Witchers. He was replaced by Damage Plan and Mercy Clinic frontman Patrick Latchman during the No Fear Tour. Adam D. recovered uh, and was able to finish the No Fear Tour, and the band began filming its video for As Daylight Dies' second single, The Arms of Sorrow. In August 6, 2007, Adam was forced to leave the Warp Tour so he could fully recover from his back surgery and continue daily physical therapy. He was replaced by Killswitch's guitar tech, Josh Milek. uh, Yeah, M.I.K. H-L-E-K-Millik for select songs until the return on August 14, 2007. Killswitch entered the studio in October of 2008 to, restart, to start recording their next album with Adam D. and Brendan O'Brien co-producing the album. In mid-February bassist Mike D. confirmed in an interview with Metal Hammer that drums were finished and that he had to finish up the last few bass fixes. He also stated that Howard Jones was in Atlanta finishing vocals and that it shouldn't be too much longer now. From March to May, Killswitch uh, was a part of, music, of Disturbed Music as the Weapons 4 Festival along with Lacuna Coil, uh, Chimaira, Suicide Silence, Bury Your Dead, and more. On April 14th, the band announced the name of their album was Killswitch Engage. the second time the band has self-titled an album. The album was released on June 30, 2009, debuting at number 7 on the Billboard 200, marking the band's highest chart position for an album. In July and August, Killswitch took part in the Mayhem Festival with headliners Marilyn Manson, Slayer, Bullet For My Valentine, and others. In February 2010, Killswitch and Gage announced that vocalist Howard Jones would, be, would not be performing with Killswitch and Gage during their winter tour, and that the Devil Prada, with The Devil Wars Prada and Dark Tranquility. During this time, All That Remains, vocalist Philip LaBont was substituting for Jones until he could return. In March 18th of 2010, original vocalist Jesse Leach returned to the band for a series of songs. From then on, Leach and LaBont performed as substitute vocalists for the remainder of the tour. In 2010, the band's contrib- contribution to the track My Obsession on the God of War Blood Metal soundtrack, the band was later added as a replacement, as a late replacement to the 2010 Download Festival in June, after several uh, after uh, original sub headliner Wolfmother could not attend as scheduled. Afterward, Killswitch took took a break from the road and its members pursued other interests. Adam D formed the band Times of Grace with Leach and released the debut album, "The Hymn of the Broken Man," in January 18, 2011. Along with Adam D and Jesse, Times of Grace added Joel Strutzel. It might be Stroetzel. I might have been saying that wrong this entire time. But we're gonna see what happens. Joe Struzel to their uh, tour lineup. Justin Foley provided the drum tracking for the band's Unearth for the band Unearth on their album Darkness and the Light released on July 5th, 2011. Foley also traveled with the band for their 2011 summer tour. Mike D started the hardcore band Death Revision with Shadows Fall vocalist Brian Fair and former Killswitch Engage guitarist Pete Courtesy. in an interview with FTC Gunshy Assassin Mike D Antonio uh, had stated that the band was currently in the works for their sixth studio album mike d stated currently everyone is individually writing demos for the Killswitch engage record there's no release date yet but i would assume it would be out early 2012. adam d followed that up with a statement on the Killswitch engage facebook page saying yo it's adam d we're about to begin writing our new record thanks for all you fans for waiting so freaking patiently now let's turn on the riff faucet and rage in 2011 Ex-Overcast bandmates Mike D., Pete Courtesy, and Brian Fair announced the formation of their new side project, Death Ray Vision, as I said before. On December 1st, 2011, Mike D. posted an online that Killswitch would not be entering the studio, that they would be entering the studio around February March uh, 2012 to record their sixth album expected around summer of 2012. He also stated the band had eight demos finished for the new record. On January 4, 2012, the band announced via the band's official website, along with their other official sources, that Howard Jones had left the band after his nine-year membership with them. In the statement, the band did not disclose the reason for the decision out of respect for Jones, but simply thanked him for his nine years with the band and wished him well, as well as thanking the fans for their support as they began the search for a nude lead singer. Jones later explained he departed with the band to manage his type 2 diabetes, which had worsened by the hectic touring schedule. Soon after the announcement of Jones' departure, rumors began that Phil LaBont of All That Remains would officially take over lead vocals due to his previous history with the band. Although LaBont quickly dispelled the rumor, many vocalists were considered in search for for a new one for the band. The band's search for a new singer concluded in February with the announcement that original lead vocalist Jesse Leach would return to the band. The band had felt that Leach's injure, that Leach's energy as well as his overall comfort and command of both old and new material made him the clear choice during an auditions. On February 6, 2012, Killswitch Engage uploaded a photo of Leach and the rest of the band on the website indicating Leach's return to Killswitch Engage. Killswitch later released a statement via Facebook confirming Leach's permanent return to the band in several interviews since he has given much credit to Howard Jones for his work with the band and, while Leach had been gone. Following Leach's return, the band continued to, the, to process the process of recording their new album and touring. On April 22nd, 2012, the band performed Leach's first show since 2002 at the New England Metal and Hardcore Fest. On June 20th, 2012, the demo of their new song titled This Is Confrontation was leaked on YouTube. Not long after the song was leaked, the video was also were, the videos were soon deleted. Later, the band took part in the Metal Hammers' Trespass America Festival, headlined by Five Finger Death Punch, with additional, report, additional support from God Forbid, Amir, Pop Evil, Trivium, and Battlecross. The band performed this song live, confirming the song's title, No End in Sight. Uh, not long after the album was confirmed, the song was streamed publicly again. In October of 2012, uh, with the old captain now leading the ship, Killswitch announced that they would be celebrating the 10-year anniversary of their seminal album Alive or Just Breathing with the U.S. tour November through uh, December of 2012 in which the band played the album live in its entirety. Support on the tour uh, uh, came from fellow Massachusetts natives Shadows Fall and Akaro. The album *Disarm the Descent was released April 1st, 2013 in the U.K. The album debuted at number 15 in the U.K. charts while de- debuting at number 7 on the Billboard Top 200 charts. April 2nd in the, the U.S. The first single, In Due Time, was released on February fifth, two 2013. The album was received critical acclaim from reviewers and has been labeled as True Standout and Nothing Sort of Amazing. It was announced in December of 2013 that In, in Due Time was nominated for Best Metal Performance at the 2014 Grammy Awards but lost to God Is Dead by Black Sabbath. A tour in May of 2013 was done to promote the new album with Miss May I, Darkest Hour, and The Word Alive and Defiance as support. As I Lay Dying was originally supposed to be on tour but dropped due to criminal charges from frontman Tim Lambesis. The band also did a co-headliner with fellow heavy metal act Lamb of God in October 2013 with Testament and Huntress as support for, other, for both bands. The band did a smaller headliner in the East Coast in Halloween of 2014 with all that remains death Ray vision and city of Home supporting in an interview with wiki metal Jesse leach announced the band will start demoing new material in the coming months for their latest album writing this album provided uh, proved to be lengthy and troublesome Adam D commenting that lead singer Jesse leach had hit the wall with ideas during the songwriting process after completing three of four three or four tracks on the album, adding that Jesse couldn't find lyrics that he, really, uh, that he was really stoked on. Leach himself has stated that he came to a point where the album literally drove me crazy in that there's a good couple of weeks where I wasn't myself. I just, lo- I just got lost in the process because I wanted this record to be everything it could be. I was losing sleep, not sleeping at all, and waking up in the middle of the night and sitting down and writing pages and pages and pages of work. By the time, by, to- by the time all was said and done, I probably had 80 pages of lyrics. I just wanted to give it everything I could vocally and lyrically. On February 25th, 2015, the band released a 40-second snippet of their new single titled Loyalty. The track appeared on the Catch the Throne mixtape volume to promote the HBO TV series Game of Thrones. The mixtape also featured uh, appearances from various other metal and rap acts such as Anthrax and Snoop Dogg. It's very odd to think about Anthrax and Snoop Dogg related to Khaleesi and all those people from Game of Thrones. On March 30, 2015, Mike D. stated that the band had completed demoing and material for the next studio album. Killswitch took part in the summer tour in July 2015, opening up for Rise Against with support from Let Live. Leach spoke in length on the lyrical themes that comprised the album, telling Blabbermouth that, I wanted to be able to speak on current events, stuff that was relevant to us today stuff that's in the headlines, but I wanted to do it with such a way that there was an ambiguous enough for people so that people can sort uh, of draw their own conclusions. I just wanted to strike people. I just wanted to strike people to think... Leach spoke at length on the lyrical themes that comprise the album, telling Blabbermouth that I wanted to be able to speak on current events, stuff that is relevant to us today, stuff that's in the headlines. I just wanted to do it in such a way that it was that where it's ambiguous enough where people can sort of draw their own conclusions. I just wanted to strike people to think. That's, so that's one aspect of it. And the other aspect of it is speaking about my truths like what I think, and I'd sort of separated myself from all of that stuff social media and the news and all the violence and racism that's going on in our media these days. I just couldn't deal with it. So in order to make for, in order for me to make a valid point that said something, I had to submerge myself into the stuff and really start paying attention to what's going on. And songs like hate by design alone. I stand the great deceit came out out of these processes in writing. And the other side of it was the spiritual realm, the soul searching stuff. I really had to reevaluate myself as far as where I am in my own mind. Uh, so I had to seclude myself. It was uh, So it was a balance between submerging myself and the terrible things that are going on and then dis- dis- distancing myself and finding solace and really doing some soul searching on my own. And both of these things happened while writing this record. Critical reception for Incarnate uh, was generally positive upon release. Aggregate review s- website Metacritic was has assigned the album an overall score of 78 out of 100 based on reviews from five professional critics as of uh, March 11th, 2016. Tom jurek of AllMusic awarded the album a score of 3.5 out of 5 stating that as a whole, Incarnate uh, improves on the creativity and relentlessness offered by Disarm the Descent. There is a lot more ambition, confidence and above all passion here. Alec Chillingsworth of Stereoboard.com has slightly more critical, was slightly more critical of the album, stating that Incarnate is not the best kill switch engage album. It's not as immediate as you're used to, and it does suffer when held up against a live or just breathing, disarm the descent, or even end of heartache. It does occasionally take risks and they do pay off, but otherwise it plods along at a pedestrian pace and only uh, to be redeemed in part by Leech's vocal versatility. Chillingsworth did, however, praise lead vocalist Jesse Leach's uh, vocal delivery throughout the album by saying that he thought Leach's vocals, at least, are never short of incredible and incarnate is arguably the strongest and most diversive outing with the band. His cleans are more controlled, his screams even dirtier than before, and the chant of the screams, the cries on quiet distress finds him sounding a bit like Prong's Tommy Victor. The album debuted at number six on the Billboard 200 and number one on both Top Rock Album and Hard Rock Albums chart with 33,000 copies sold in its first week of release. Leach's, Leach, upon being questioned about the meaning of the album's title and cover artwork, stated, The title wasn't uh, a catalyst for the record. It actually came when we were about three-quarters of the way done with the record. Our bass player, Mike D., also, uh, who does all of our artwork and designing and t-shirts and everything, came up with the title Out of Nowhere. I'd actually sent him an idea with for the album cover, which I came which I came out of a nightmare and had a dream of a man being pulled apart by snakes and two cranes. And this inside of uh, inside of like coming out, which was pretty graphic and not really our style for Killswitch. But it was an image that we used and had transformed by another artist. And then he was looking at it with the word incarnate just came to him. And I thought, that's a great word. It just sounds good. It's ambiguous enough where people can draw their own conclusions, and the definition of it is in the flesh, which is almost an ambiguous definition. So it's just sort of causes thought, and I love that about it. I love it. It just sounds epic and causes conversation. In December 10th, on December tenth, 2015, the band premiered a new song entitled Strength of the Mind on Revolver. The band also did a small Christmas 2015 tour on the East Coast, with Unearth, Act of Defiance, and 68. On December 16, 2015, it was revealed that the band's upcoming seventh album release on March 11, 2016, would be entitled uh, "Incarnate," with the tour being took part being taken part in March of that year with Memphis May Fire and 36 Crazy Fifths as supporters. On September 27, 2016, Leach revealed on his Instagram page that the band would be releasing a documentary compiled of live footage since 2012. On November 25th, 2016, the band released a Blu-ray slash CD called Beyond the Flames Home Video Volume 2. The Blu-ray contained live performances that were recorded around the world from 2012 to 2016, and an hour-long documentary taking place right after the band's Set This World Ablaze had left off, as well as music videos. Personal, brand, personal band profiles, and more, plus a bonus live CD containing live tracks from the band's legendary 2014 Monster Moss show. The two-disc set had one-day exclusive sale in record stores everywhere on Black Friday. The set is now available for online purchase and digital download on the Killswitch Engage store. On August 30th, 2017, the band announced their on their Instagram page that they were in the process of demoing material for their upcoming 8th studio album. In April of 2016, it was revealed that their former singer Howard Jones will appear on their new album uh, performing a duet with Jesse Leach during the song that was revealed to be entitled The Signal Fire. The band canceled their tour dates from April 26th to May 5th due to the need for vocalist Jesse Leach to undergo surgery on his vocal cords. During an interview with the Wall of Sound Up Against the Wall podcast in October 2018, Uh, Jesse Leach revealed more details about the song with former singer Howard Jones stating he does a verse I do a verse we sing a chorus together and it's really heavy shit kicker and the song was inspired by Jones' new band's new band's name Light the Torch and their friendship on April 24th 2019 the band posted on their Instagram that the follow up to the 2016 album Carnate will be released in the autumn of 2019 according to the music according to Music Week the band signed with the metal Blade Records uh, for the U.S., Music for Nations for the U.K., and an international contract with Columbia Sony. The band's eighth studio album, Atonement, was released t- uh, Friday, August 16th, 2019. Now, due to the fact that this was just released on Friday, there isn't much info on it. Uh, we're still waiting on a couple things. But personally, I've listened to the album all day on Friday. I listen to a lot on Saturday. And as I'm recording this right now, this bad boy slaps. Not only do we start the album with the first single, Unleashed, that they released, but unlike some of the other views that I perused during my research about this album, I feel like the album is pretty solid all the way through. If you're looking at this as if it's another end of Heartache, it's not. It's a whole other vocalist, and essentially completely different band. Yes, of course, they still have that signature kill switch sound, the hard-hitting drums, the screeching and sweeping guitar licks, some nasty-ass riffs, and uh, I feel the melody is unmatched. But speaking on the differences, there are some instances where the hardcore sound really shines through. One track in particular, The Crownless King, who features Chuck Billy from the iconic band Testament, as well as some thrash elements, namely on the second track which features Jones. This track, for me, feels like a warm hug from an old friend. Of course it's fast, of course it's heavy, but hearing the combination of Jones and Leach on this track just brought a huge smile on my face. It's very reminiscent of This Is Absolution in its speed and precision. When Jones comes on, it feels just like old times. I feel like I was, it was everything us bands have been waiting for. Us fans, excuse me, not us, us bands have been waiting for. Now, as far as the negatives go, I'm going to be honest, I feel like the mixing process might have been a little off. I have listened to it on not only headphones, but three different vehicles and my he- iPhone speaker function. The songs kind of fell a little flat as far as each individual, individual instrument goes. They are skilled musicians who can beautifully blend music, But I would have personally preferred a slightly more crisp sound. Maybe that's just me. I tend to psychoanalyze music a little bit more than I should. Overall, I would say that Atonement definitely deserves praise for Switch's sticking to what they know, not getting too weird and experimental with it, yet uh, they definitely tested the waters, but but in a tasteful way that pays homage to the past and shows promise for albums to come. Even with two singles released prior to the full album, personally, I don't see any standouts with this album. Unlike what I was, re- unlike what we received with *Unsainted* on Slipknot's new release, and then and then a few other decent songs added throughout the rest of the album, *Atonement* comes together as much more of a well-rounded album than I just uh, more a very well-rounded album instead of just a few singles with filler. I find myself having very few albums that I can listen to without skipping through or throwing it on shuffle to get through it. Atonement can be listed to frontwards, backwards, upside down, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Excellent job, gentlemen, on your commitment to metalcore and metal as a genre. Jesse Leach has talked about his band's label of metalcore, standing. I never liked the term metalcore. I don't think it's an accurate representation of the wide variety of bands that get lumped together in that category, but I get it. People have to categorize stuff and put it into their own little category so they can describe stuff to somebody else. I like to say more that we're more of a metal band. That is what it is. People are going to use that term whether I like it or not. Killswitch and Gage are one of the forefathers of metalcore and have a wide variety of influences, including bands such as Van Halen, Black Sabbath, Fear Factory, Carcass, At the Gates, Machine Head, Neurosis, Metallica, Iron Maiden, Him, Megadeth, Suicidal Tendencies, Anthrax, Slayer, Testament, Bad Brains, uh, agnostic front leeway and sick of it all with such a long list of bands as reference material kill switch have taken on a wide variety of sounds throughout their illustrious career ranging from an aggressive and straightforward hardcore sound in the early 2000s to a much more melodic and transcendent sound with albums like end of heartache and as daylight dies to now and to now a more thrash filled growl heavy yet still melodic with still melodic undertones and groove based riffs Killswitch have not only grown as musicians, but have also grown with their fans along the way. Before we get out of here, let's talk about the in-between, a now audio-exclusive section of this podcast. As you guys may have seen from the posts on Instagram, we are now officially on YouTube. So, if you guys are wanting to see my ugly ass out there on the YouTube channel Waves, you guys can see me there. The podcast will be the same, you'll still get... The 45 minutes or so of audio about the podcast, about each episode, about each artist, but the uh, in-between will be exclusive to audio due to the fact that there's all these crazy ass copyrights on YouTube right now and I'm not trying to get our video flagged for some dumb shit. So anyway, today we talk about The Emerald Blue by For the Fallen Dreams. press's official website the fifth album by the michigan-based band as played by the latest of the 25 people who have (laughs) careened through the revolving door of their membership is indicative of both the positive and negative that follows experienced metalcore outfits transitioning toward expanding with the sub genre leading off single emerald blues sees the band throwing almost every kick they throw they every trick they know not every kick they throw every trick they know into the kitchen sink thunderous breakdowns, a chorus with a melody, and a chord progression designed to pinprick reptilian brains. Effectively simple keyboard swells, textured backing vocals, and appropriate amounts of studio flash and trickery. It may not be the smartest song ever to emerge from the metalcore canon, but it's probably FTFD's most daring moment and definitely worth a repeated spin. Now, for these guys, they kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um again it was just one of those ones where i was just scrolling through listening to a bunch of different stuff and these guys just so happened to pop up i definitely need to dig into them more because for the fallen dreams seems to like they seems like they know what they're doing uh, based off of this review i would say that maybe they are a little edge lordy i'm not sure i know that Barrett and verona It's very reminiscent of like their their vibe, I guess, with having the album that this song is on just be the collarbone-to-waist shot of a very tattooed man. Um, (laughs) It's not really my place to judge that. I do have plenty of tattoos, as you can see on the YouTube page. Shameless plug. Um, But these guys are definitely, I think, worth more digging into, and I think I'm going to dig into them more in the following weeks. Now, as far as next week goes, we start with our second episode on YouTube as well as our 22nd episode for the Audio Only Podcast. It, uh, it is a band that is very, very, I, they're hard to explain. <laughs> it's a famous rapper who is also an actor who is also the lead singer of one of the most aggressive hardcore slash metal bands of the late 80s, early 90s, and so on, Uh, Talk Shit, Get Shot by Body Count. Talk Talk shit, get shot! Act hard, motherfucker, get shot! Motherfucker ain't got shot in a while. Niggas ain't blew up the spot in a while. Motherfucker ain't got shot. Prepare for impact mask and black cats. You was speaking, now you're leaking with your bitch ass. I'ma say this once, I don't play with the AK, your trip. I hit you my clips and flip ya. I'm not your average reaper with the sweeper. Conflict turns to clock kicks and bullet hits. Motherfucker talk shit. Get your split. I don't give a fuck about you and your bitch talk shit. Released off their album Manslaughter, the fifth studio album by American heavy metal band Body Count. This album was released on june tenth, twenty fourteen by Sumerian Records. Gregory Henney of All Music gave the album three out of five star three out of five stars, saying, At this stage, body count haven't changed much and really aren't likely to, but me which means that if you are on board with their earlier work, then manslaughter has even more rap-influenced metal to fuel your rage. However, if you aren't sold on these guys in the first place, this album probably is likely, isn't likely to change your mind. Now, as far as body count goes, um, the most I ever knew about IST was him being in Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Chung-chung, if you will. Um, but based off of what I know, they are very respected within the metal scene. And I'd like to learn a little bit more about that, about where they came from, about where they're going to, and how a rapper from the early 80s became such an influential part in the metal community and is now celebrated within the metal community. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Definitely check it out on YouTube. If you have not, you can always... Hit like and subscribe there and hit the notifications, as well as liking and subscribing to the audio-only version. This is where you'll exclusively get the in-between, as well as sometimes you guys will get more fun show updates before YouTube will. Just because, out of the respect for you guys that have stuck with us for this long, um, we're going to be coming at you guys with a lot more content, a lot more, uh, a lot different a lot of different things are happening and I'm, I'm really excited about that. This is because it is not so primed and polished as YouTube is this. I can talk to you guys just for real quick and give you some feedback on what's going on with us and with the podcast. As you've seen, the podcast is officially changed to the big metal breakdown. Now that does not mean that the big and the anxious is going away, but Paris and I have decided and, and made this decision, uh, in our, in our work partnership that we have decided that the Big Metal Breakdown is going to be my main focus and her writing and her yoga and stuff like that is going to be her main focus. So, Big in the Anxious isn't going anywhere. You guys can still check us out on all forms of social media. The Instagram has now been changed to the Big Metal Breakdown for the Big in the Anxious Breakdown, or Big in the Anxious Breakdown. It was the Big and the Anxious <laughs> Instagram and it is now the Big in the Metal or Big Metal Breakdown Instagram. Um, you guys can still go on our website. You can still email us, talk to us, leave a comment. You can like and subscribe to everything, The Big Metal Breakdown. Check out our Amazon link. Check out our one clothing link down at the bottom in the description. Uh, Use that code ANXIOUSFIT to get you 10% off of your purchase if you're looking for some dope-ass workout gear. Um, Yeah, shoot us an email. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, you want to get personal. You want to talk to me or Paris about some shit that you're going through. We're here, man. We're here to talk and we're here to listen. Um, I hope you guys enjoy your week and we will see you next week with Body Count.